Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with Morris Sachs. How you doing, MB? Friday night, baby. Here we go. Another week in the books. Well, it was, uh, it was just a wild week, it seemed to me. <laughs> yeah, by, by Tuesday at 9 o'clock, you're saying, I've got a full show, let's go. <laughs> oh my God, because it started Sunday night. I know, yeah. Do you know? Well, you start, where did it start for you on Sunday <laughs> Sunday night. Sunday night, we're at a cocktail party at one of the Greenwich country clubs. Mm-hmm. Our uh, friends come in from out of town, and the cocktail party is called from five to seven, okay. which is perfect because you know, free liquor. You'll be there till ten. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, mm-hmm. so we get there at five thirty, and uh, we're having a, a great time. A great time. Mm-hmm. And at two minutes after seven, an employee of the club walks in and says, we need to ask everyone to leave right now. <laughs> so I look at Cheryl, I'm like, you think they're just trying to get us to leave? <laughs> right. But no, uh, I think there was a bomb threat. Or Come on. Uh, yeah, so Sunday night, Greenwich, Connecticut, a bomb threat. Like, this is one great way to end a party, man. Jeez. Wow. Oh, before we get too far down the road, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I just wanted to put out a little notice. There's going to be a lot of cussing tonight, I can <laughs> tell. <laughs> right. So, so put the kids away. Put the kids away. <laughs> so anyone that's offended by the F word mm-hmm. or the C word. See or, you next Tuesday? Exactly. That one's, <laughs> that one's itching to come out. Okay. <laughs> so uh yeah so that was how sunday started and then that's exciting was that when we saw the page six article about dj saul yes it was yeah you he's gotta be pine? i mean it's embarrassing he paid for the gig you you know right what, can we you, you guessing or a hundred percent please he's gotta pay for that the other the, the the guest list was miley cyrus all right they gotta pay her to show up at that right Okay, the other one, um, Megan the Stallion, I bet she gets easily five, if not six figures per appearance to show up for that. So for DJ Saul to be the headline act, he's got to write a check to Bottleneck yeah. and say, huh. hey, hey, look. And I like that the that some people even took sniped at him. For those of the, uh, for those of the people that don't read page six, let me uh, get you up to speed. The um, New York the, Post. The New York, the New York Post, page six, right. The... Uh, the standard for trash gossip for the last 35 years. Um, the the head of one of the most prestigious banks in the world happens to moonlight as a DJ. Okay. Um, so you think that, you know, he, he's probably really good at it. Um, you know, it's, you know, a, a life, a life hobby that, you know, he's, it's his calling and he does it, but no, this is David Solomon of Goldman Sachs headlining some festival in California as the act behind two B list celebrities. Okay. So you have yeah. Miley Cyrus and then Megan the stallion and then DJ soul comes on at 10 o'clock, but wait, there's more. At the festival, during DJ Soul's set, the premise is you put a 
a set of headphones on and you listen to DJ Soul in one ear and then you dis- listen to DJ Old Chestnut in your other ye- ear and you vote and you- and the crowd chooses whatever DJ is like the, the winner of the DJ battle. So now that we've wasted three and a half minutes okay. on what the but, boss of Goldman Sachs is doing so, on, so this, this on is Sunday actually, night. You know, it's like we quip. The show writes itself. Okay. So I covered Sunday, right? Monday night, uh, Cheryl and I go into the city and see this play called The Lehman Trilogy. Okay. Now it's the, the story of the beginning through to the end of Lehman Brothers. Really? Okay. Which, now, the book was originally, I don't know whether the play was first and then they wrote the book or the book was first and they did the play. But anyway, you look at it, it was originally done in Italian. Wow. So anyway, I saw this book on a book review, maybe like the FT or something. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll play. So I get, I get it in English and I read it. And, um, it took a little getting into because it was written, not like, in a regular format of paragraphs. It was sort of like prose. Okay, interesting. But once I get into the swing of this thing, this thing was ripping good. Wow. Now, to be fair, when I read it in the original Italian, it was a mm-hmm. little better. Right, understood. Course, yep, right? Yeah. You get it. Right? Yeah, see, see, yeah. Prego. See, yeah. Prego. Grazie. Yeah. Grazie mille. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a couple things. One is a direct contrast to DJ Bozo. Right. Here's the story of how Lehman Brothers started. They came from the old country. Yeah. They were they were cotton merchants in the South, right? Yeah. And so you think of the history of Goldman and Sachs. You know, they were they traded commercial paper, it was a family business. And, you know, like I said, I'm sure Marcus Goldman is turned in his grave. Okay. To make to sort of have an, a, a kind of a a, a uh, yin and yang, and I you know I I loathe to mention people's names unless they're in the public domain. But the head of Jeffries, Rich Handler, was in uh, the news yesterday or today because with his holdings in Jeffries, he's worth a billion dollars. Okay, now I've had the good fortune to meet Rich a number of times. And it's just a constant taking the piss out of each other the whole time. I mean, laugh, laugh, laugh. Now, here's a guy that does not take himself that seriously, right? He's hardworking, smart guy, you know, not as good looking as me, but, you know, attractive man, lovely wife, conservationists, but none of this getting up in front of, People and and remember, DJ Bozo in the Hamptons breaking the mask violations. Yep. So anyway, um, can I give you a little one that I liked about Mr. Handler? All right, he's awesome on Instagram. Okay, he's awesome. All right, he's he's fun. Instagram. Uh, it's this vile. It's a total wasteland. It's a it's a it's like Twitter but pictures. He's awesome at it. So somebody sends him a comment and he and he posts advice. He's awesome. Unsolicited advice for for young people, old Uh people that want to work and he's awesome. So somebody 
you know, one of these these troll hobbits said something to him about, I wonder how the share, or, you know, something about, I wonder how the shareholders feel about the boss of Jeffrey spending a lot of time on Instagram. And he and he posts his answer, stocks at the all-time high, so I think they're cool with it. Yeah, <laughs> that's rich. Exactly. So, I, you know, not, not snarky, but funny, true. No. And like, you know, it was just uh, that to me, when you had mentioned that you, uh, that you knew him, I, you know, I, I obviously spent hours digging, digging deep on him, um, okay. but his Instagram is awesome. So okay. like, it, it, you know, to get well, a good idea, if you see something, if you see something would you, would you screenshot yeah. it? Cause yeah, I, of course I can't, he's I public, go he's got 50,000 followers. So any of our listeners okay. should check him out. Cause he is in the cesspool of all the people that we drag through the mud he is the <laughs> polar opposite no really i mean we no i like the way you phrase that you, <laughs> you know got a, you got a way with words yeah 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 so i i really have been nothing but impressed i mean this yeah. is again i mean i'm i'm a millennial so i obviously judge people on their social media presence so from what i see about rich he's a great guy there you go <laughs> yeah there yeah, yeah. Go. no but i i really yeah. enjoy him yeah. him and him and zervos i'm a big fan of zervos too i don't know why yeah. i've been standing him really bad lately um i just like his whole his whole deal is just uh it's just cool man and and i like that he like when you said when i read the note about him getting out just the way he explains stuff and his whole vibe um those two yeah. are a real yeah. breath of fresh air Compared to the page six bullshit that we, we yeah. have so much fun with. Do you know I uh, I used to climb a bit with Zervos? Did you really? Ranks? Yeah. Well, he's he's a, p- a pretty good climber. And me, like everything else in my life, I get to a certain level of barely being competent, whether <laughs> yep. it's trading, cycling, <laughs> rock climbing, snowboarding, well, you <sighs> name it. I just, mm. I just never break that glass ceiling. But I just remember being out the gunks with him when that diet, was popular where he was only eating like protein, no carbs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're climbing and he's eating beef jerky <laughs> in one hand and he's texting with the fucking wow. black, with the blackberry in the other. Wow. Hand. Wow. Um, but we had a, we had a really, uh, we had a couple of good times up there, but he's a good climber. Interesting. Climber. Interesting. Yeah. Um, speaking of climbing, but I, I want to come back to that in a minute, but just to continue the week on mm-hmm, Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you remember the story I told you about young Catherine finding the $100 bill? Mm-hmm. Okay. Of course. Well, I was in the city this week, and I verified it, and there were traces of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Well, I don't know. I didn't <laughs> right. Um, I mean, how would I know? But the uh, there was a watermark. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So uh, anyway, I get a, uh, a instant Bloomberg thing from Kevin Muir. And he says, loved your story about your daughter finding a $100 bill. The same thing happened to me. And I'm like, I want to write bullshit, but Bloomberg will bounce it. So I'm like, (laughs) come on, come on. And uh, he sends me a picture of his kid at Rock Center holding a $100 bill. Wow. uh, But he said it was a Canadian bill. So he thinks somebody must have thought it was monopoly money. Yeah, it's a colorful napkin. And then the other thing I wanted to say was in the Lehman trilogy, they do a whole scene of three card Monty. Do they really? No Amazing. Shit. I shit you not. Wow. I yeah. It's not. a timeless hustle. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Right. So if you, if you don't know what three card Monty is, you can Google it or you can go back and listen to mm-hmm. last week. Cause last week was the rating sweep week, sweeps week. So we're really trying to get the, 
the guys are back downtown. They'll be out working around the holidays after the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, you know, there's yeah. you know, Mayor de Blasio's Midtown. You can go. You can find yourself a little game yeah. if you're looking for one. <laughs> so um, I got the uh, the paper fish tickets. You know, for the shows we're not going to get to. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, anyway, some of the tickets. <clears throat> I'm sorry, my voice is a little raspy. Mm. I was at my second Greenwich Country Club dinner this week. <laughs> we just got back. So the fish paper tickets, what? Were you going to say the, the price? Well, um, what I was going to say was I got paper tickets and I got email tickets. So, uh, I don't know, email tickets, is that what you call them? I don't sure. Know. It's An like AX, yeah. AXS, mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Like it goes in your wallet, yada, yada, yada. Okay. So, uh, I put them up on the StubHub. And I, I, like, I know how to trade, right? So I move them to sell. Like, I'm not trying to get the last yep. basis point on this thing. I want mm-hmm, mm-hmm, So anyway, I pop it up there. And I don't, maybe the next day, I don't know. It's like, I got an email. It's like, ooh, I sold these things. Wow. Wow, this yeah. is fun. Yeah, this is yeah. fun. Yeah. And uh, it's like, okay, and like seven to nine days after the show, your PayPal yeah. account. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like three or four days later, I get an email from AXS. And it says, so-and-so hasn't downloaded your ticket yet. I'm like, okay, well, not really sure this is my problem, but right, okay. Right. But I recognize the email address, not the front half, but the dot something something. Yeah, sure. And it's an investment bank. So I write this person a note and I go, hey, so and so, my name is so and so. I see you work here. You know, I've been in the markets for 40 years. God, I'm so jealous. I hope you have a great time. And then I got a nice note back from this person. Oh, you know, so oh. nice of you to reach out. And I didn't realize I had, didn't, didn't buy, uh, I didn't have to download the tickets right away. Thanks for mentioning it. You know. Wow. Great. Thanks very much. Okay. So like three, two, three days later, I get this email. Dear Morris. Something I can't get the tickets. Yeah, something's yeah, yeah. wrong with the tickets. I don't know. I mean, very polite, mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. I mean, extraordinarily polite. Um, but then this person's like, "So I might have to politely ask for a refund." And I'm thinking, interesting. And I did say, um, "It's not clear to me how you can give me the tickets back for a refund if you can't get the tickets." But no, I'm going to take the high road on this thing, right? Okay, yep. Because especially because I know that my loss is capped. <laughs> right. Jeez. So anyway, uh, long story short, I, I talked this person off the ledge. Okay. And uh, there too later, I got a very nice note. And um, good. So, so, but it um, what reminded me of a story. Uh, so years and years and years ago. Uh, when you had options that were deep in the money, <clears throat> like the way it is now is if you have an option that's deep in the money, there's this thing called auto exercise. Okay. Meaning yep. if you forget to exercise, they're like, ah, he forgot. Okay. So back, this had to be the late 1990s, early 2000s. We had done, we'd done, you know, mega option trades and it's very few of them ever go to expiration in terms of a decision about yep. whether you're going to exercise or understood yeah they're either way in the money 
you know you're going to exercise them or the way out of the money, you know they're worthless. But if you are the owner of the option, you have to you have to call up on a tape line and say, guess what? I'm here. I'm exercising. Okay. Yep. So we had a very large short position in some JGBs, Japanese government bonds, to a German bank whose name I won't mention, <coughs> Deutsche Bank. Yeah, was, and, um, thank, you already did. <laughs> I don't hold up under question. Our listeners are not stupid. <laughs> well, I don't know how that bank is still alive. But uh, um, that's a whole nother. I, I got a whole nother. Thing. I, I, I know. I know. Right, right, right. Um, so anyway, uh, we're sitting around and I forget exactly what time it is, but you know, Japan is ahead of us by, you know, 12 hours, mm-hmm. 14 hours. And we have this massive option. We're short to them. Of course, we're long against it. So we're just waiting, you know, we're waiting for the phone to ring. And it's like five minutes to option expiration and three minutes. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, you know, this is an international call. I I would not be running this one right down to the wire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the rules are pretty specific, but guys are generally pretty, you know, Mm -hmm, loosey-goosey. Unlike mm -hmm. the commodity guys, which are like, they're out there on the dock. If your boat's a minute late and the price works against them, you know, yeah, yeah, they're they're like f you, turn around. Yeah, understood. So anyway, I don't know. Like a half hour goes by, and the sales coverage calls up and says, "Uh, uh, we'd like to exercise these things." And I get on the phone. I'm like, "Uh, you're out of contract." Yeah. No good. What do you mean? So well, you know, supposed to be called by ten, and yeah, there's rules. Ten. Yeah. And um, I, I distinctly remember it was uh, a $5 million error on their part. Wow. Yep. And now remember, we get paid a percentage of that. So it's like lottery yeah. money. Yeah, right? yeah, okay. yeah, of course. Okay. Well, of course, you know, first is the guy, the salesman's like, look, you know, we did a little business. It's not that big a deal. I'm like, yeah, you're out of contract. Yeah. And then uh, he's like, well, I'm going to have to take this, you know, up a notch. I'm like, take it up as many notches as you like. Mm-hmm. Um, Pretty straightforward stuff here. So anyway, unfortunately, they called the guy who was running the firm at that point sort of on an interim basis. And he gave me the thing about, you know, that's not how we do business. And, and I was going back and forth about, you know, we invest all this money in technology. We spend a lot of time making sure we don't fuck this stuff up. And by the way, how would this conversation go if the error was on me and I was out $5 million and they wouldn't let us out? Right. right? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, as what usually happened was, you know, I didn't work out in my favor and, you know, maybe people think poorly of me, but I mean, you know, I, I like to fall back to you know, from Chicago. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm from the south side of Chicago. Man. Yeah. 10 minutes. Is, yeah. There's rules here. That's not how it works. There's you know? rules. Yeah. Like, rule We're living one. in a society. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Rule number one. You don't talk about Fight Club. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. Yeah. Well, it's okay. I don't know why the, the ticket uh, potential mistake reminded me of the Deutsche Bank story, but I like to. Yeah. I like to bring it home. Um, so that's now we've only made it through Monday. So <laughs> I know I don't think we have enough time because then, you know, then the, the real, you know, the, the headline breaking news across the, uh, across the Bloomberg terminal as if like, <laughs> as if it's news. <laughs> well, so just let me set the scene cause I'm going to need you to backfill on this. Okay. So, uh, Let's see. Today's Friday, right? Which makes yesterday Thursday. Um, so Tuesday night, Travis picks me up and we drive up to New Hampshire. We get there about 7.30, go to grocery store, buy some steaks. We rented an Airbnb. And then Marty met us there about a half hour later. We cooked up some steaks. I went to bed at like 8.30. Whatever night the uh, the Yankees against mm-hmm. no no uh, the Yankees against Boston was Monday, right? Mm, I think that was I'm Wednesday. So okay, yeah. Well, regardless, yeah. Uh, we have dinner. I go to bed eight thirty. We wake up at four thirty. At five fifteen, we begin the Alpine ascent of the Whitney Gilman Ridge, which was um, quite challenging. Um, at one point I asked Travis, um, why, whose idea was this? And then in the middle of the third pitch, I looked at him, of course, cause Marty's the lead climber. I said, you know, I've had about enough of being outside my comfort zone. <laughs> it didn't get, to, it didn't get to, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you, <laughs> you know, um, as I said at dinner tonight, uh, I'm comfortable with my masculinity now for a solid six months. Um, so anyway, uh, we got back uh, late Wednesday. Why do I mention that? Nothing to do with showing off that I can rock climb, merely to give you a segue into saying, what happened when I was gone Tuesday, Wednesday? Any recollection? What, the tether story? Why? What were you? Why? That was that was that was what I was talking about. So this is where the F and the C words are going to come out. (laughs) So so kids, put the muffs on. Right. Exactly. The first. What were you you talking about? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, it was tether for me. I mean, they they finally they finally printed that story, which which like I, I I told our friend. I mean, they basically got the content for that story listening listen to, our, to this show listening to this show and cut and paste in our emails <laughs> un, un, unbelievable so uh we the royal we have had a bug up our ass about this tether since december of last year when when that loser Letitia james had him in her sights and 18 million and bucks. signed off for 18 bucks okay so I'll come back to her mm-hmm. in a moment, Your Honor. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, this Bloom- Bloomberg story? Oh, yeah. Okay. They 
did a fantastic job mm-hmm. of soup to nuts. However, okay, however, now I didn't scrutinize it. I just scanned it because I'm so sick of this thing already. Same. But they didn't talk about the lack of an audit. Is that right? Did you remember them talking about an audit? Nope. They okay. talked to the guy at Dell Tech in the Bahamas, but they didn't get an okay, audit. Right. Okay. So obviously being an accountant uh, by training, um, you know, I'm particularly sensitive to these things. And an audit is the highest level of certainty you can give an investor or a lender the the comfort that the books and records are accurate and complete. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for instance, as you know, I've had many business experiences in my life. I'm currently a partner in a residential uh, um, housing building in Manhattan on the east side. And we have a $34 million commercial mortgage. Okay. $34 million. Help me remember these numbers if I forget. Okay. The building is worth, let's say, $55 million. So let's say uh, you call that a 65% loan to value. Okay. Now, this for um, Manhattan and for the lender is virtually riskless. So basically, if we didn't pay, they'd take the building, they'd have an auction, and the first $34 million they got, they'd get, and then we'd get what's ever left. So, and even in a hurry, they're going to sell it for $50 million, right? Okay. But the bank wants an audit. Wow. Guess what? They yep. get an audit. And you know how Absolutely. much it is? $16,000. Okay. So let's go to Tether. $69 billion. 89. It's up to 89. I thought it was 89. Yeah. You know what? Pick a number. Yeah. Yeah. 220, 221. Whatever it takes. Um, so you're not, you don't have an audit. What's your fucking problem? It's incredible. And imagine doing business on the other side of them, doing business with them. I, 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 I'm, I'm shocked. And you know why you, you, you know how you're afraid Elizabeth Holmes is going to get off. You know how that's your, your, Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. So you know what just drove me up a tree? These chuckleheads in Washington are suggesting that stable coin, which tether is a stable coin, meaning, you know, one coin per dollar and the dollar is there is insured by the FDIC. So just to be clear, they want to put this on the back of the U.S. tax paper. Mm -hmm. Yep. Incredible. I I just don't know what to say about this. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, so. I mean, it's all been there presented. I mean, how could you not read the article as Gary Gensler? How could Gary Gensler not read that article? He's got a, He's got an obligation to the country and to his job to read that article and be aware of everything that's going on in it because of all the counterparty risk and everybody that's involved. Yes. If he's how, not reading that and he's he, not, and, and he doesn't know that inside him? and out. How about Jenny Yellen? Right. I mean, you get the whole thing. So I, I want to step back a second. Okay. Because I want to develop a little street cred. Just, just for the laser eyes 
you know, you're a hater because you didn't make any money. Okay. So fact of the matter is started in the business 1983. Okay. Every X number of years, there's some financial fraud slash crisis that I run into. Okay. So, um, I'm not going to remember all of them, but you may know that like in 1994, there was a man named Robert Citron who was like the treasurer of Orange County, California. And he got talked into these new um, floating rate notes. And it was some kind of leveraged security that was going to make all sorts of money for the taxpayers. And the Fed started tightening. And I think late 92, the funds rate was 3%. And two years later, it was, it was 6%. And he blew this he blew this guy up, right? Okay. So there's, there's a, a, you know, that's fraud. Okay. Yeah, 100%. So then, and I don't, I wasn't able to, to kind of remember this one exactly. But we all know about the housing crisis, 06, 08, right? Okay. Well, well before that, sometime in the 1990s, when the um, mortgage-backed market got going, Ginnie Mae, Fannie Mae. So you would have a standard mortgage. Let's call it Fannie Mae, Federal National Mortgage Association. And you would go get a mortgage from a bank, and let's say it's $100,000. And I'm, I'm just making numbers up here. But so on a $100,000 mortgage, maybe you pay 700 bucks a month. Okay, that would be $8,400 a year. So 8.4% roughly. Okay. But that, that payment is broken up into interest and principal. And at the beginning, because you have a big loan balance out, most of it's interest and a little bit's principal. As time goes by, you're paying the principal down, which means there's less money borrowed, which means the, the interest goes down. And so over the course of standard mortgage, 30 years, at the end of 30 years, you're all done. You own the house. Mortgage goes away. Okay. So at some point, uh, some smart guys figure you could take a regular mortgage and you could split it into two pieces. You could split it into the interest piece and you could split it into the principal piece. And the interest piece they call the I.O. And the principal piece they call the P.O. The P.O. I.O.P.O. Okay. And so if you had the whole mortgage, it was a fairly stable security. You know, the, as rates went up, people were going to hang on to the mortgages longer. And as rates went down, people would pay them off and refinance, right? That's kind of standard operating procedure. But once you rip these things into pieces, right, the principal, when rates would go down, would explode in value because you were more likely to get your money back sooner. And the interest pieces would decline in value because you were less likely to get them or get as much, right? Okay. 
So that went on for a long time. And as you said earlier, but wait, there's more. And this is actually now why I think the state, the, the, the Bitcoin cryptocurrency bothers me so much. It's because you had the IOs and the POs. They weren't volatile enough. What they now did was they would take the Ginny Mays or the Fannie Mays and they'd put them in, once again, this was not my area, so I'm going to just try to get spitting distance here. But they would put these securities in a trust and they'd cut them up into these different tranches. So you might get an interest piece that you only got if the mortgage is prepaid at a certain rate, okay? And so, for instance, to this very day, I have one of these things left that I bought. I'll go back and look. Maybe it's like 1996. When okay. we're done, I'll go look, okay? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, how I came to this, I'll tell you later. But so they cut these things up into like 25 pieces of the most fucked up shit you can yep. imagine, right? Mm -hmm, okay. mm -hmm. So this was interesting because for me, because I'm sitting in the middle of the trading floor of Greenwich Capital at the, in the prop group, okay? In front of me is the dealership desk. Behind me is the mortgage desk. And so there's treasury tra salesmen doing tre treasuries and mortgages. There's mortgage salesmen doing mortgages and treasuries. But you'd see like uh, the, the um, treasury salesmen stand up and say, you know, bid 500 million, you know, Jenny sixes. Guy put a price on him. He goes, okay, you bought those. And then, you know, this would go on. And then like at the end of the month, the mortgage department would print this huge profit. So what they were doing, and by the way, I, I mean. Sounds statute, like Solomon Brothers. So everybody was doing this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But what they would do is they'd effectively buy the, the mortgage-backed securities from either a client or in the market at par or 100. Mm -hmm. They'd slice them and dice them. And they'd sell these pieces out. Yeah. But the pieces added up to like 107. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Simply put, you were if you bought any of these pieces, you were losing money because you were paying you were paying too much. So how does this relate to to the cryptocurrency? Well, it, to me, it's just one of these shell games. Like this coin does this, and that coin does that. And oh, by the way, you bought it with the tether, which, right? Yep, exactly. So, and and by the way, you will not be surprised that this little trade that I just told you about the the mortgage thing didn't end well. Oh, and you don't say. No, and and I don't want to mention the names of the firms because I'm I'm not exactly sure, mm -hmm. but basically, when you had all these tranches, you had. What I uh, affectionately called the whale shit. Yep. You know, they uh, the people yep. who are honorable would call it the first loss piece. Okay. So, you know, if there's a problem, you're the first guy to lose money. I think 
they might have been called the Z piece. Okay. Okay. I go Z yep. is last. I don't mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, one of these firms, I believe, would take in all these mortgages, like I just explained. They buy the, the Junior Fannie Sixes. They put them in the, the trust thing. They cut up into 25 pieces, but nobody wanted these Z pieces. Got it. Yep. Okay. And the yield on these Z pieces was was nutso. It could be like 17% or something like that. Still, everybody knew that the rate might have been 17, but it should have been 50. Well, anyway, these guys, once again, the firm, if I'm right, is no longer in business. They were not only, you know, not marking them at 50 or 17, they were marking them at 15 or 12 because you get paid at the end of the year on, you know, yada, yada, yada. And once again, I think there was a Fed tightening cycle and kaboom. So, you know, for all the people who can, you know, look at me and say, you know, old guy, didn't make any money, doesn't understand, you know, that, that, look, look, I get it. You know, I, I, I may have completely missed this, but I will tell you with 100% accuracy that every trade that somebody showed me that I couldn't understand lost money. Say no more. So um, maybe this time is different. Right. Okay. Um, can you say that again, please? <clears throat> maybe this time is different. Okay. So so that's where we are. We made it through 38 minutes before that came out of uh, <laughs> the man's mouth. Maybe it's different. All right. So for anyone that believes that, um, Stick with your laser eyes and uh, and continue and continue watching. Are are we talking? Are we continue? Can I only had one beer. Are we continuing to uh, pound on stuff, or do we want to kind of chuckle a little bit? I haven't I haven't put Kathy Wood in my crosshairs in a couple of oh, weeks. Oh, she's a goner, man. So I kind of feel bad. Do you want to start? Do you want to start throwing dirt on the grave? I will say this. I will say this. If you go back far enough, she's she. It, you know, but yeah, she's she's hemorrhaging money. Um, one year, I think I, I looked at the chart. The chart's not good, you know. But like six months, not good. Oh, you're one looking year. at the charts now. Oh yeah. So I, nice. I mean, I, I nice. just wanted. To, I I like to check in on my ex girlfriends, you know. Um. <laughs> And I just, I just had to see where she was. And six months, she's down ten percent. Year to date, she's down eleven percent. Year to year, she's still up nine percent. But this is where, like, yeah, if, if it's big. Five in the past five years, she's still up four hundred percent. So I'm, yeah, you know, good for so her. I, I gotta, I gotta watch my mouth. You know, I'm gonna give her full credit. So yeah, it's easy to kick dirt on her grave, but she's had some questionable. I mean, the Tesla tell, telling me that Tesla's going to three thousand. And then she dumped a ton of it this week. Well, um, she sold ten percent. Okay. All right. Well, that, um, okay. Yeah. After she went and pumped it, you know. Yeah. You know, um, for those of uh, a little bit older age, uh, there's good news. I I didn't realize she's divorced, and I just saw today she's moving to Florida. Yeah, so, I did see that. Kathy with a tan. Yep. Wonder how far she is from the villages. Oh man, St. Petersburg. People love it there. 
Um, but yeah, she's had a rough run of it. She keeps dumping money into these lunatic little tech companies that don't make any money. And then, see, the, the nice thing about the internet and, and the day and about the instant information is that people can, can really put the magnifying glass on. Because I feel like you couldn't do this 20 years ago or, or even you no, know, you 25 couldn't. years ago. That's right. why Leanne Cooperman's so mad. Right, exactly, exactly. Lee is furious that all the information is available. Anyone that wants it can dig around. Yeah, so, yeah, but yeah like somebody spent, like, I believe, I want to give him credit because I think it's called Scorpion Capital. Again, this is, you know, this is Twitter. It's a fancy you know. name. Right, right, right. So, again, I like to sift through the dumpster that is Twitter, but you get great gems about, like, stuff that, I, like, Kathy dumped this, I forget the name of it, like, Ginkgo something. You know, the guys that Nintendo. are listening to she, yeah, she got rid of Nintendo and traded it for this other thing. It's like Ginkgo Biloba. That's not the name of it, but it's close enough. And Scorpion Capital has basically said, hey, this is a classic fraud, totally cooked books, and and here's all the evidence th- to back it up. It's just, in, I don't, I didn't look. I haven't, I, I, wow. I couldn't go in the rabbit hole, but, but it, she just got into it the, on, on Thursday or Friday, but it's just amazing that it's just, it's a public train wreck in my opinion. Um, but off she goes to Florida, greener pastures. You know? So I, I guess my big uh, observation is that her results heretofore are unassailable. As you point Correct. out, 400%. Never in my wildest dreams did I put up 400% in three years or four years, whatever it is. Okay. What I think will be the, the downfall is the fact that if you're trading 500 million or a billion, it's one thing. When you're trading 10 mil, billion, 11 billion, it's a whole other thing, and she does not operate, in my opinion, in a way with it, which is consistent. So, for instance, I've been meaning to say, you know, there's a number of these guys you hear about who are like world class. You know, Druckenmiller comes to mind, or Paul Jones, or Lewis Bacon. But there's a fellow in Boston. His name is Seth Klarman. Yeah, okay. you've talked about him. Yeah, he works at Blaupost, which. I think got started out of a bunch of guys from Harvard. Okay. He typically runs 50% cash. Wow. Yeah. And his returns, you know, over 30 years. Yeah. Are, I mean, that's for real, right? Yeah. That's the gold standard. Yeah. 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 That's not three years in a bull market. Oh, that's right. And you know that phrase you always tell me, don't confuse being smart with being in a bull market. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So um, I thought uh, instead of picking on Kathy, uh, mm-hmm. you were going to talk about those um, the charade, which is the debt ceiling limit. While we're at it, you want to talk about the unemployment number that they can kick rocks over? Or, or the jobs number? Excuse me. Well, Uncle Joe said that the unemployment rate came down, which is great, and the wages are up, which is great. Mm-hmm. And, okay. um, you know, I guess once again, I'm not going that way. Uh, the, uh, unemployment rate was down from okay. five yeah. to four, mm-hmm. eight, maybe something, like, something that. like that. The reason is the participation rate went down. So, uh, and it went down a lot. It went down two tenths, which is, mm-hmm. and that means less people 
they're out of work, then they gave up. Absolutely. So that's why the unemployment rate's down because less people are looking for work and you can't Mm -hmm. be, you can't be unemployed if you're not looking for work. Okay. Let's talk about the wages. Once again, this is just facts, no connotation, but with the bulk of the people leaving the workforce being women, they don't get paid as much as men. So the wage number went up. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. see these statistics, yeah, and as uh, we've been saying, you know, I think the economy's slow and quick, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I really think the early next year we're going to be in in a recession. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think, I mean, December is not going to be pretty because all we've done is is kick this can it's such a cliche but they really do all we're going to do is repeat this conversation about the debt ceiling well, again in december see see i'd like to to address this for a minute because i would not rule out the possibility that something bizarre happens that the debt ceiling you know crashes on friday night at 5 and oh yeah, we didn't make our payment. And then Monday morning they make it. No way. Uh, this is just the height of, of, of ludicrousness. If Thank that's you. A word. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Who the fuck are you kidding? I know. It's like it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's uh, you're just embarrassing yourself. Yeah, they needed Jamie Dimon to come in and say, "Hey, look, you know, cut the shit." Basically, when he came down, him and who the girl from. The woman from City, or who, whoever the five people were that went in and sat down with with Joe, and he came out, and then he went down whatever to Capitol Hill and got it straightened out. But the fact that it just got postponed, yeah. it's just political brinkmanship that's just so detrimental to the economy. And I think it makes us look. I mean, look at Kevin Moore, Kevin, Kevin up in the market huddle. How about the Canadians that are looking down at us that are like, "What is like this? This is how you guys operate." You know? Yeah. And they had it's, embar- like a, it's embarrassing. They had uh, a massive employment number to the good. Yeah. Huge. Mega. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So that's about enough coverage of the Canadian market. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I saw an article that uh I really liked from this company called GaveCal that I subscribed okay. to. Yep. Yeah. So they, like most guys, you know, have different products they try and sell you. So mm-hmm. there's this one that I think is pretty good. I think it's called GaveCal IS, and it's uh, it's like 150 bucks a month, which as these things go is mm-hmm. not cheap. Okay, but they give you like a, mo- a one month free trial, and so you know I'm always trying to you know look at new things because lately the, <laughs> the old things haven't been working. Uh, yeah, yep. <laughs> so uh, anyway. Um, I, one came out, uh, I think this morning and I read the thing and it's five or six pages and I thought the thing was just terrific. Really, really good. It talked about how, um, there's been since 1850 something, there's been 30 recessions and how each recession, they kind of mapped the path of like price earnings ratios and inflation rates and, and then basically how this one was so truncated because of the COVID, right? Okay. Well, I thought they did, in, in, there's no actionable 
information in there. You know, just kind of like us. We like having mm-hmm. opinion. We talk mm-hmm. about it and mm-hmm. take it or leave it. Okay. Yeah. So I said to Kevin, uh, did you see this this uh, Gave Cal thing? Now, he knows Louis, Louis Gav, one of the guys, and he was kind of hemming and hawing about the, 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 the article. And he's like, well, give me the Reader's Digest version. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> you don't want to read it, you want to read yeah, it. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. So I said, I'll tell you what, give me your dad's email address. <laughs> I'm going to send it to your dad. Right to the chief. So, yep. I, so this is the best part. He gives me his dad's email address. Mm-hmm. And, okay, I'm not going to mm-hmm. be stupid and give it to you. Mm-hmm. Basically, it took me three times to get it right because, number one, I couldn't read right? because <laughs> mm-hmm. it was so fine print. Then I missed the guy's middle initial. Oh. <laughs> and then it's in Canada. So yep. I keep typing .com, .com, .com. .com and I, yeah. yeah. Come on. Did you send it? To, did you fire it off to I, four random people? I finally, I finally, I finally got it through, but I kind of did the, uh, you know, I know, you know, mm-hmm. Kevin's not your favorite son because he didn't play in the NHL. Right. But he's still, a, child. he's still an okay guy. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But I never heard back from the guy. Ah, well. Um, oh, well. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else you got? Yeah. So the debt ceiling is just nauseating. I cannot, I, I mean, it's just, it, it's going to haunt us in December. I'm not going to, I do not want to spend the whole month of November and the Thanksgiving holiday having the same conversation about the debt ceiling, you know? Yeah. I just, I don't know what to say. It's, it's just noise. It's, it's you yeah, know, I look because, and this is like a, a, a kind of a math concept that I could never get my hands around. So let's say, something's like a billion to one but if it happens right it's the end of the world mm-hmm. I, you know i don't know how you model that yeah you, right right you okay can't. so are we going to default it's a billion to one i i don't know i, I just can't i, yeah. I don't want to be the guy that says oh you know morris sex says they're never going to default and then something weird happens i'm not going to tell you something weird couldn't happen right but the of notion course. that the treasure market's going to be defaulted upon. It just, uh, it's, it's just not, uh, it's just not going to happen. And the fact that these guys keep going on and on about it, which, uh, you know, it's like negotiating something. Okay. And this is what always bugged me about real estate negotiations, especially commercial real estate. They go on forever because People want to make sure they didn't leave any money on the table. Yeah. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've done a bunch of this real estate stuff. And mm-hmm. just to repeat it, the hotel stuff, Nishkit, but some of these other things worked out. And so if I had just taken the money in a lump sum and put it in the stock market, I'd be in the same place. But think of all the fun I've had. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um but what I did do, because, you know, I have nothing else to do. Uh, actually, this is when I did have something to do. But So each project I worked on, I would focus on a certain angle. So, for instance, on one building, I'd learn how they do the foundation. And another building, I'd learn how they do the blueprints. And in another building, I'll learn how they do the marketing. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. So one of these things, I went to the closing where we bought the land. Okay. So there's like 10 people in a room. Okay. Five on our side, five on their side. There's reams of paper. Okay. There's checks all over the place. And it, I do distinctly remember it was a $4 million deal. Okay. So in the world of Morris Sachs, it's a big deal. In the world of New York commercial real estate, dime a dozen, right? Yeah. But it's me and a bunch of old Jewish guys on my side. And it's them and a bunch of old Italian guys on their side. And they're selling and we're buying. Mm -hmm. And so these things take forever. Mm. It's not like a house closing, right? Mm. You got right. all the, there's like words I've never heard of, like a stopple. Have you ever heard uh, that word? A stopple? No. I don't have any idea what that word means. No. Okay. But you got to get it. But anyway, okay. it's important somehow. Um, so uh, anyway, you, we get down to the thing and we're off by $800. And so everyone Jeez. just kind of sits there. Yeah, yeah. It's there. And it's like 10 minutes go by, 15 minutes go by. And, 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 you know, maybe somebody's looking at their phone or this or that. And in the end, I mean, maybe it's a half hour and I stand up and I, I count out eight hundred dollars. I was going to say, and I'm you like, took it I out can't of your take pocket? this anymore. Yeah, this, and and, <laughs> and the guy shoves the money back to me. My partner pushed the money back. Says, That's yeah. not how we do it. I right, unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> you're sitting there tapping your fingers, ready to go. Hey, let's oh, wrap my, this up. Well, you up. know yeah, me. Yeah, oh, I know. Room. I mean, come oh, on. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. It's God. <sighs> well, I don't know. I don't know what the point of that was. Oh, the point was because when you go into these negotiations. These guys know they're going to agree, but they just want to yep. act like they're playing hard ass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. maybe, uh, well, I, I was going to say maybe such and such or so-and-so might pass, but that would be, mm. um, that would not be nice. So that's, um, what else did you, what else? Was there anything else? Did we forget anything else that went on this week? Um, we took SPACs off the hook. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll put those we on the, we'll put those, uh, put those on the front so burner I next had, week. I had dinner in the city last night with middle mm -hmm. daughter and youngest daughter. Okay. They took me to a delicious vegetarian vegan restaurant. Okay. That name escapes me for some reason, but, <sighs> okay. Um, but we, you know, now I have, um, I mean, all my, I can't even say my girls, I mean, my daughters are now adult women? Mm -hmm. professional women. I'm very mm -hmm. proud. But, I, you know, I'm trying to give them the cynical view of being a, a professional, working in a professional environment, and like kind of revisiting my observations and bad experiences. And, um, you know, when they were younger, I'd say something that would be like, you know, duh, you know, that kind of thing. And then mm -hmm, over time, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't get quite as many does and they probably have balanced out to, I get them where I'm supposed to get them. Yep. But, you know, there's, there's things that I saw, uh, like people listening in on other people's phone calls. Um, in our business, it got very common to to tape phone calls. Then people would go and listen to them, which you know yep. was an everyday occurrence at Bridgewater. 
Um, uh, I was supposed to read everybody's emails. Yeah. Uh, I never did that. Um, the best thing was that one of these firms, this is awesome. One of these firms, there was some morale problems. So they brought in a counselor, which uh, I think today they call life coach. Sure. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think those things are hit or miss. I know a couple of people that do it, and I think Can't they're hurt, amazing. Right? And yeah. the rest of them are yoga instructors. But the couple of people I know, I, I, I could legitimately take their advice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, so they bring one of these people in and they say, you know, morale's been a little tough. We're going to take the people at this administration level and you're going to just have a very comfortable private conversation with this fellow and, uh, just kind of get some stuff off your chest. We think it'd be good for everybody. And so we do this, Right. And the guy, and, and it's, I could tell people were opening up. Yeah. And the guy went and told the bosses everything. And it was like night of the long knives. Wow. So the bosses kind of, you know, kind of spun this yarn about, yeah, you, it's confidential, you know. And wow. since the guy wasn't a doctor. Yeah, sure. There was no yep. patient. Yeah. Yeah. You know, doctor, patient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, he's uh, a mole. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just. It's That's like, got to help. Does that help the morale? Jeez. Big. Unbelievable. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I think that uh, part of the problem being the grumpy old man is you've been around enough and you've seen enough stuff and you kind of know how it's going to play out. You know, like yep. the the at the Christmas party, everyone gets drunk, and hundred you know, percent. Yep, the old guys telling the young woman about, oh, mm -hmm. his wife doesn't understand him, and oh, you know, he just needs a change. You know, she's all oh, so understand, time. and Ugh. you know, mm -hmm. I don't know. No, I, let me tell you. Let me put it this way: if I didn't talk to you every week, I'd be up to my eyeballs on Coinbase. Knuckling around in crypto. Retired. I mean, I, I, <laughs> gags. Down at the villages. Like, you know, right. Retired. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Sorry yeah, exactly. About that. yeah 30 weeks. You, um, you'd be happier, but richer. Right. <laughs> right. It's, but no, honestly, like, if I didn't listen, if I didn't talk it out with you every week and I didn't DYOR and do my own research, um, it's easy to get swept up into that stuff. I don't want to ever feel like a flat earther, but I, if, if I felt like a flat earther, I, I wouldn't shoot my mouth off on my show, okay? And I wouldn't encourage you to do the same, but that that's where we are. I mean, when you read that Bloomberg article with fact after fact after fact, just the the fact that Inspector Gadget was was mentioned that the, the cartoon character <laughs> Inspector that, yeah. Gadget has made an appearance in the story. That's where we that's where we are. An, Ital an Italian plastic surgeon. Holy shit. Who got in trouble for selling bootleg copies of Microsoft, Microsoft Windows? 
Morris. <laughs> but we're but we're the idiots, okay? So I, we'll have fun staying poor, all right? We're not smart enough to get it. We don't have the bandwidth or the resources to really dig deep into it. So, well, you know, we'll leave it at that, okay? So it's always so much fun to get together with you. I, I'm going to end this on something that I know will put a smile on your face. I was at the Rolfer this afternoon, and he's a devoted listener. Mm-hmm. He uh, got the right answer for the quiz. He wondered where his hat was. You know, yep. I, you explained to him the rules. Uh, yeah. Well, I actually, I, I'd have given him one if I remembered <laughs> to bring it. Okay. Um, but he said, um, so Liam's in finance, right? I said, uh, yeah. I said, oh, what, is he a Goldman guy? I'm like, no. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> see you next week from Scottsdale, Arizona. All right, pal. Enjoy the desert. It's great to see you, pal. Have a great night. Likewise, buddy. Cheers. Take care.